Welcome! You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. I'll make a statement right off the very top of this podcast. And for those that have listened to the podcast for a while, uh, they may not be surprised by this statement. But I'm going to make the statement that I cannot see how a Christian can support the Black Lives Matter organization. Uh, let's, let's just, to back up what I, what I am saying here, let's take a look uh, at the organization and what they have said directly from their website initially and then, of course, from their leaders. Uh, from their website, uh, the BLM uh, organization started over the Trayvon Martin shooting in Ferguson, Missouri. Now, if you remember, that's the hands up, don't shoot uh, one where we, we saw even NBA players and, and athletes uh, and others use, you know coming out with their t-shirts that said hands up, don't shoot. Um, and co- of course, when we did further investigation, we found out that this just simply was not the truth that it uh, was considered false, that, that it never happened. The, the whole statement of hands up, don't shoot, never was, was said. It didn't go down that way. But yet the Black Lives Matter organization was started uh, over this uh, false Trayvon Martin shooting. Uh, Black Lives Matter says that they are a political organization. So many are a little bit surprised that they themselves consider themselves to be a political organization. Uh, They say, quote, we are unapologetically black in our positioning, unquote. Now, I would say that that if um, I read about an organization that said that about them being white, that they are unapologetically white in their positioning, that you would probably be referring to maybe a white nationalist an Aryan Nations type of organization, uh, which, of course, m- many of us would, would condemn uh, as not being one that we could support, uh, particularly as, uh, from a Christian standpoint. Uh, but yet, um, Black Lives Matter is not really considered one of those organizations that Christians may want to stay away from. So, again, all you have to do is replace the word black with white, and it gives you a completely different connotation of it, doesn't it? Um, they also say on their website, we are o- aware of the different ways we are impacted or privileged as black people who exist in different parts of the world, unquote. They promote gen- transgenderism, in fact. Uh, they say we uh, do the work required to dismantle cisgender pri- privilege. So... I'm not exactly sure, and this is this is kind of one of those head scratching moments. <laughs> um, what cisgenderism has to do with uh, Black Lives Matter? Um, I, I I know that there are a lot of transgenders uh, that, um, that 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 are a part of any race, and so it's not just a black thing. Um, so again, just not understanding. Why, uh, if I was, let's say, to contribute funds to Black Lives Matter, why my funds should be used for that kind of thing? Um, but that's what they say right there on their website. They also say, quote, we are family friendly. <laughs> they are family friendly. Uh, the, of course, they also say, quote, 
we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement, unquote. So, uh, you know, it's, that's like, uh, boy, that's like saying that, you know, I'm chocolate friendly, but I hate chocolate. I, I don't understand how, you know, I, I, it, in fact, I would even say that's not even right. Uh, you know, that, that I, I'm chocolate friendly, but I'm going to do everything I can to get rid of every single piece of chocolate in the world. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense uh, to say that you're family friendly, but you're going to do everything you can to disrupt the family structure. That doesn't, doesn't bode well uh, for any kind of logic here. Uh, the dictionary definition for nuclear family, of course, is that it's a noun, uh, a couple and their dependent children regarded as a basic social unit. So that's what they're trying to disrupt. And I would say that many black leaders uh, fall into this exact thing. <clears throat> and, and we see that um, they're doing a pretty good job of it. I mean, I, you know, when you look at the, um, the black culture and uh, what is happening with unwed mothers, uh, the, the, the rate of babies being born to unwed mothers that are black right now uh, is well above 70%. Um, and it's, and it, it hovers between 70 and 80%. So obviously that's, that is a major problem when it comes to the black community. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, supporting this type of thing is supporting a structure that is trying to tear down the very family that is is the girding of most societies, uh, and 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 I would say that 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 what they're trying to do here, I and mean, this is this is from their own website, um, they're trying to do this by quote supporting each other as extended families and quote villages unquote that collectively care for one another, especially our children. So again, what they're trying to say is we don't want the family to raise children. We don't want the family to be there to support children. We want to do that, uh, whether it be through government agencies or whatever, this is what they're, they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure everybody helps raise the kids, not parents. Okay. Uh, it even says here, quote, we foster a queer affirming network. Let me repeat that. We foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. <laughs> now, um, again, I, I go back to how, what, what does this have to do with 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 racial tensions or Black Lives Matter type of, of thinking. Uh, this, this has absolutely nothing to do with that. And yet this is what they choose to spend their time with. Now you can go on the website, you can see these things. Actually, you can't see all of these things. So, some of these things actually have been taken down uh, recently because uh, they have drawn some fire. And so they, they, they are trying to hide what, they're, what they believe. But these were things that, that I personally have, have uh, uh, seen on their website and, and uh, of course, others as well. So uh, Black Lives Matter, another thing that they do is they push for segregation. And you may say, how can that be? I mean, segregation was something that, 
that black leadership fought against for so long. I mean, during the, the late 60s, this was a huge thing. Uh, and, and Martin Luther King and all this, you know, they, they um, uh, protested against segregation and, and, of course, the segregation in schools and, and elsewhere. But yet, Black Lives Matter leaders now push for segregation. Um, even going back to November uh, of, of 2015, activists at University of Missouri demanded a blacks-only healing space <laughs> where, where even their white allies and sympathizers uh, were, were kicked out of this blacks-only healing space. Again, I, I, I would encourage you to insert whites into that, a whites-only healing space, and you would understand that this is segregation. Uh, it's segregation no matter what color word you put in there. Um, BLM, uh, they have refused to sell uh, to white supporters of the movement. Um, and they, 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 even, they won't even sell t-shirts to white supporters of their movement. Just be simply because of their skin color. Uh, this, this is ridiculous. Again, if we were to go back to a time in our history where things were segregated. Uh, and, and of course, the, one of the big symbols was the whites only and blacks only um, fountains, drinking fountains, and, and, and how, how wrong that was. Uh, that was segregation based off of skin color alone. And yet, Black Lives Matter, they have refused to sell to white supporters, even those that want to support their movement, that want to, to, to give them their money, and just because they have the wrong skin color, they cannot participate. Uh, Black Lives Matter leaders uh, are self-proclaimed trained Marxists. That they have uh, specifically said, this is who we are. Uh, BLM leaders have said that they consider looting as reparations. So they have no problem with looting. They have no problem with, with the rioting and the looting. They, they foster that uh, because they consider the looting as reparation. I, you know, somebody walking into a, um, a Target store or a Walmart or whatever and, and looting a big screen TV is, uh, how can that be reparations? Reparations for what? That individual was never... Um, downtrodden or was never a slave themselves and, and Walmart never uh, did that to them. So, you know, reparation, this is just a ridiculous line of thinking. Uh, they call for anarchy. They, they say no justice, no peace, or dismantle this system. Uh, BLM has explicitly called for dead cops and, and, and the lynching of white people. Uh, at, at a uh, 2016 protest in Portland, Oregon, uh, right near where this podcast originates, um, the attendees told protesters to evade the law and murder cops if they feel that they've been targeted by an officer for a crime they didn't commit. So they, they are literally telling uh, people to evade the law and murder cops who they think might be, you know, racist or whatever. Chance of pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. And what do we want? Dead cops. When do we want it now? I mean, these these are uh, not uncommon if you go to a BLM uh, rally. Um, BLM radio host agrees with, with a caller at, at one point, demanding that white people be sacrificed. Now, I, I've, I've heard this call. 
uh, and, it, and it's definitely what happened here. Uh, they, a white um, a, a caller uh, demanded that white people be sacrificed for um, alleged you know, racially motivated police brutality. Uh, the caller suggested that after black people murdered innocent white people, they would hang them from a tree, take a picture of it, and send it to the MFers. That's that that was an actual call in which the radio host agreed with them with that caller. Black Lives Matter leaders, uh, you know, they they say uh, that they support abolishing all police, and you can see this in the New York Times article from from last year. So BLM, they they what they do is they blackmail corporations and and others, and what they do is they uh, they say that they need to um, have you hire them to conduct racial sensitivity trainings or or they'll or they'll they'll sue you um and and so what you really want to call that i mean when you break it down that that's just simply extortion i mean if you think about it um the mob used this tactic and it was called fire insurance right i mean they seriously, the mob would, you know, go through d- different businesses that were within their control, and they would say, "Hey, you, you need to go ahead, and I'm, I'm going to send, you know, Mikey over to to your your place of business, and and you're going to have to give him, you know, a thousand dollars a week, where he's going to show up every Monday. You're going to have to give him a thousand dollars a week, or or whatever the the, the payment was, and and this is going to be for." fire insurance. We're, we're going to make sure that your your place doesn't burn to the ground because if you didn't pay that, it, it would sure be a shame, you know, if your business burned to the ground, right? That, that was that was the mob fire insurance. So the other day, this is what a popular Black Lives Matter leader, uh, Maya Eccles, threatened the world with. Quote, George, if George Floyd's murderer is not sentenced, just know that all hell is going to break loose. Don't be surprised when buildings are on fire. Unquote. Now, does this sound like mob fire insurance to you? Because it sure does to me. I mean, that's the same threat that we heard from the mob. And, and where is the de-escalation here? I mean, I, one of the jobs that I have done over my life, and I told you I've done a lot. I've, I've, <laughs> I have had the privilege of being able to do a lot of different things that uh, I've wanted to do and, and some things that I haven't wanted to do, but that's okay. And one of the things I've been able to do uh, in my life is be a process server. Now, some of you may, may know this from the movie uh, Pineapple Express, but basically I'm the guy who gets to show up on people's doorsteps when I'm a process server and and make their day by by giving them their legal paperwork and and what one of the one of the biggest skills that you need as a process server is you need the ability to de-escalate I can tell you right now that this right here is the opposite of de-escalation this is not de-escalation. This is this is a calling for the mob to riot and to burn. And that is going to get people killed and it is not right whatsoever. And so here, here's the story. 
you may not believe me, but here's the story from the postmillennial.com website. And it's, it's, it's in other places as well, but here's, here's the one here. And it says that Maya Eccles, a professional model signed with IMG Worldwide and a BLM activist publicly warned on social media not to be surprised by violent protests if Derek Chavin is, isn't convicted of murdering George Floyd. Now, Chauvin is uh, currently on trial for the murder of Floyd in Minneapolis, a trial which is uh, surrounded by controversy, it says here. According to the Daily Wire, Eccles said in a now-deleted video, and this was on TikTok, if George Floyd's murder is not sentenced, just know that all hell is going to break loose. Don't be surprised when buildings are on fire, just saying. Eccles also started another video on her TikTok account, which has hundreds of thousands of followers with a BLM face mask on and says, my new favorite guilty pleasure is going to the grocery store with this mask on. I live in a predominantly white area and the looks I get from these conservatives are crazy. Like y'all would be shocked. Like the death stares I get. It's so funny to me though. And she said, continues, quote, like I get so much pleasure out of seeing somebody upset because I'm saying my life matters. Like it makes me laugh. And when I just look at them dead in their face and usually I'm taller than them. So I look down on them and I look them in the eyes because they're not going to say anything to me. <laughs> I mean, come on. This, this, is, this is your BLM leader here. Uh, Chauvin, at the end of his trial, could be convicted of any combination of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, or manslaughter by the jury, according to the law in the state of Minnesota. There is lots of speculation as to what kind of verdict the jury will deliver, as defense lawyers have argued that Floyd had tested positive for massive amounts of fentanyl in his body in his autopsy. So, how, how likely is Chauvin to be convicted and sentenced? Well, there's, there's some problems with this case. Um, the Hennepin County Chief Medical Examiner, Dr. Andrew Baker's findings, in the only medical autopsy report that... Um, Floyd died of cardiac arrest, not asphyxia. That's, that's a major issue if you're the prosecutor of this case. He didn't die of not being able to breathe. As, of course, we've seen the signs and the t-shirts and all that. That's not what he died of. He, he died of cardiac arrest. Now, Baker's office also released a second autopsy report outlining, quote, other significant conditions, including heart disease, recent methamphetamine use, and fentanyl intoxication. I mean, this is what, this was his condition. And so uh, Chauvin did what he was trained to do. He did what is called a blood hold, which is, of course, safer, safer than an air hold. It may not sound that like that, but, but, uh, um, but a blood hold is, is where you start to knock somebody out um, by pressing on their carotid artery uh, instead of, you know, knocking them out by restricting their air. 
Uh, now we can debate this policy and, and whether or not it needs changes. That's a whole nother podcast. We can definitely debate that. But it was what he was trained to do. And he was he was trained to do that with someone who was as uncooperative as George Floyd was. Uh, if if you go and, and and I've seen the whole bit the whole video, all of it, um, and you see how uncooperative he was, and how what they tried to do way before they ever did this. Now again, I'm not saying that to to um, you know be kneeling there on his on his neck for the nine minutes is is the right thing to do. I, I'm not that again a whole nother podcast. But what I'm saying is that that this case is not a slam dunk for the prosecutors. There's, there was no evidence of racism here. There's no evidence of racism being involved. Or that, the, that these two ever knew each other. So it's going to be a very tough case to win. So you remember how the Black Lives Matter organization started with the Trayvon Martin hoax? For those that need a refresher, this was the infamous hands up, don't shoot case, as I said. George Zimmerman was charged with second degree murder. And after he was uh, forced to kill Trayvon Martin in an act of self-defense in fe- uh, February 26th of 2012. Now, Zimmerman was standing in a common area of his Sanford, Florida housing complex, complex that, uh, on a rainy night. He, he was trying to um, uh, protect his neighborhood, which had been suffering from several bur- burglaries um, uh, up to that point. And he had spotted Martin... Uh, suspiciously standing outside in the rain with no apparent purpose and was naturally concerned. I mean, that's why he was there. As Zimmerman tried to uh, determine exactly what he, you know, what was the situation uh, in, in order to help police get uh, him in, in, in order to, to uh, question Martin, the, the much larger Trayvon Martin confronted Zimmerman and assaulted him in an unprovoked attack. After pinning Zimmerman down and Pounding his head into the ground, Zimmerman drew his legally possessed firearm and shot Martin, killing him. Martin's death was then seized upon, of course, by the mainstream media that seemed obsessed with racial strife, uh, or at least creating it anyway, during the Obama years. And in, in a crass effort to advance the white, racist, attacks, unarmed, helpless black kid narrative, uh, when the story first broke, CNN described Zimmerman as a white Hispanic, believe it or not. Uh, and, and that was probably the first use of that uh, kind of bizarre modifier noun uh, combination. So, it's, you know, it, it was definitely one of those things that, that uh, when, when you uh, want to uh, make that as your foundation of your organization... Uh, you're going to be a little shaky. Now, so, okay. So lastly, let's go ahead and skip ahead to today. We have another trial that they are trying to, to promote violence over, no matter what the outcome. It doesn't matter what the outcome is going to be, that they want to promote uh, violence. They're definitely up to their old tricks. This is the same thing all over again. Uh, this coming from an organization that has collected billions. Now, I'm not talking about millions. They have collected billions and done absolutely nothing for the black community with it. Now, black Lives Matter leaders plan to campaign uh, for more funding for the U.S. Postal Service, they say, uh, which is a big employer of the middle-class African-American. Uh, and they also say later this year that uh, BLM hopes to launch a bank to offer capital to black-owned firms and nonprofits. Now, wait a minute. Doesn't that sound 
like redlining, if you want to launch a bank that offers capital to black-owned firms and nonprofits, I mean, what was redlining? Redlining was the it, it was used in in housing in the housing industry by mortgage companies to suppress minority populations from you know receiving home loans and um, you know buying homes in in other neighborhoods as well as denying them funds to improve their current homes. So uh, they th- this exact type of thing is now planning to be used by BLM to be racist against others that aren't black. That doesn't seem right now, does it? So I guess what you can say, if we want to sum all this up, we could say safely that the BLM Global Network is a racist organization founded on a lie, that they have a, glo- they have a goal of segregation, they plan on using donations of over $10 billion to promote redlining. They continue to promote violence, as we can see here. And they do nothing for the black community. Now, with this knowledge alone, how could anyone, let alone a, a Christian, support such an organization? I just don't see how it can be done. If, if you can describe to me how you could support such an organization, I would love to hear from you. Uh, and, and you can always communicate with us, uh, whether it be on our social media sites, or you can always go to uncommonsensepodcast.com and you can um, just describe to me there. I mean, let me know how in the world could you, in, in, in due conscious. How can you at all be a supporter of this type of organization? I just don't get it. But I would love to hear from you. And if you would go to UncommonSensePodcast.com and let us know, that would be great. And again, thank you for listening.